Listening to the MM Maniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. Hi, it's Dan Lamb with American Top Team. You're listening to MM Maniacs. Live from the darkness again. There he is, live from the darkness, Matt Kerner. Yeah. And from the, the light, the absolute. Top of a garage, Nick David. Hi, Nick. That's right. Here we are, MMAniacs podcast, live and not in person, but in person, but not in person, but in person, but not in person. At least we can see yeah. each other. That's right. It's like, uh, uh, it's like the, uh, What's the one where you kick the chair? I can, I can never remember that. It's such a good reference, and I can never remember. Kick the chair? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the 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 Leonardo DiCaprio. No, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie where he was like in a dream, in a dream, in a dream. Oh, um, I'm not sure. I I haven't seen a lot of. If it's the Aviator, a lot of people like. No, it's not. It's not the Aviator. It's a sci-fi movie about. It's like it's almost kind of like a. Uh, like the like Matrix ish, you know, oh. where he's, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a very abstract concept of. Uh, I can't think of the goddamn stupid <laughs> name of the movie. It's such a good reference. It's such, it's a funny little reference. If you know if you know it, people know it and they'll laugh at it. But I never remember the name of it, so I always go, "Hey, it's the uh uh, uh what Revenant? was the movie? <laughs> yeah, the Revenant. That's the one. I'm the Re- <laughs> you know, like you know that sci-fi movie, The Revenant. Yeah." yeah. <laughs> Well, at, at the end, we find out it took place in the future on uh, the planet of the apes. Right. That's where they were hunting for fur. So. You damn ape! Oh, yeah. Tough. <laughs> Tough transition into the... Matt Kona, how was your weekend? How was your weekend, other than the sadness that you had to endure? How was your weekend? Well, I had a... It, 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 first of all, there was no sadness. I, I was... No, you had some sadness. Uh, I know you had a little bit of sadness. Uh, as a as a fan of of Conor McGregor, I, I, I was disappointed that uh, he wasn't able to win the fight. But I knew that it was a very losable fight, just from the the reach advantage and the height advantage, and the, the bigger, granted, one pound difference. They're both at what was essentially a catch weight. Diaz has fought at welterweight before. It was McGregor's first time fighting at close to 170, which is his natural walking around weight, which theoretically he trains somewhere near, but uh, I feel it's a lot different when you've got muscles bigger than they normally are on your body fighting at a speed that you, that they can't catch up with because they're not used to it. Well, what about the, uh, disparity in, in jiu-jitsu acumen <laughs> well jiu-jitsu acumen uh mcgregor looked good on the first round he turned around got that x guard passed over got on top finished the round on the top but the, there really wasn't that much jiu-jitsu in the finish mcgregor was dazed from the the flurry of punches that started getting poured on uh, shot uh, in for a double leg that's the only reason a, a desperate man We'll, we'll do that and got ter- basically Diaz just walked into Mount because at that point McGregor's lights were on and off from the, the punches and he turned away from the ground and pounds and the neck was taken pretty easily and, and Juju and, and all the credit of the world to Nate Diaz black belted uh, I know, I know you don't. I know you don't want to admit this for whatever weird reason, but I'm telling you unequivocally that their jujitsu, the two jujitsu's that that they have, are completely not even close to ability. If, yeah, but you also they, have Nate Diaz has fought 25 times in the UFC, not counting. The tough fights? I'm not even talking, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about fights. I'm not talking about fights. I'm talking about jujitsu acumen. 
Yeah, but I'm saying to you, Nick David, who claimed last time to have watched multiple McGregor jiu-jitsu tournaments on YouTube, uh, that is what you have to pull what? from. <laughs> that, that's the only thing. And I, don't, I can only find one clip, but that's the only thing that uh, I'm just saying. How can you... Speak First of all, I didn't say I didn't say multiple there ones. I said I had seen some stuff online. So, uh, I would think that would mean more than one thing. Okay. Um. Secondly, here's here's stuff. here's you can just follow it by this. You can just follow it by the things that people talk about when they speak about the fighter when somebody like Joe Rogan has something to say. He does a lot of research. He knows his shit. He knows what he's saying. He knows what he's talking about. When he introduces some dude you've never heard of, and he says, this dude is a fucking firecracker, legit-ass black belt. You know that he knows. You know that he watched him in Abu Dhabi, and you know that he watched him in, you know, the the worlds, or you watched him in... Naga or whatever the jiu-jitsu tournament you you've seen enough of him to know what his level is McGregor has never come in with that kind of fanfare so people don't talk about it people don't talk about his jiu-jitsu people don't, it's not he's not being touted as a jiu-jitsuist he's not being touted as a Ireland Conor McGregor is not competing around the world in jiu-jitsu who's going over to ireland to, to watch his jiu-jitsu and was that really the main factor of winning this fight because i think it would have been tko'd if he if he hadn't taken his neck oh the maybe no oh, you're i mean maybe i know he I'm is he saying. is he, 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 he you know those are definitely those are definitely factors he's a bigger guy he has a lot of reach on him those are definitely factors. He also has a incredible wealth, more experience on the ground than Conor McGregor does. Yes. Then it should be embarrassing that he wasn't able, that he got flipped over by someone that has such little experience at the end that's of that. That's not first. true. That's not, that's not true. Uh, listen, I, I've, not true. I, I, I've, true. I've gotten, I've gotten sweeps on really good black belts before. I've tapped out really good black belts before. It's not anything can happen at any given time, but it, it, it's a it's a matter of it, I'm telling you that if those two guys were in a jiu-jitsu tournament together, but that Conor McGregor would is never going to win that. <laughs> but are we doing a, a fantasy booking podcast, or are we commenting on things that were that both happened in the fight? Because it seems that you want to have two. You just separate- you just didn't want it. You just didn't you didn't have you didn't you you uh, you went off on everything else except for uh, 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 jujitsu acumen. You're not for whatever reason you're completely unwilling to give him his just dues as a far superior Brazilian jujitsu guy. If for whatever weird reason, all. it really is true. I'm shitting on you for oh. you bring up the fact about how much better he is than Conor McGregor at jiu-jitsu, which is not even a fucking like part of the discussion of of this fight. It, it's no, it's it is. That was the. I said if if Nate Diaz was going to win, he was going to win by jiu-jitsu. He was going to get a submission. If if Nate Diaz was going to win that fight, I thought he was going to win it by submission because I thought they were much closer matched on the feet. But what? <laughs> it seems like you are much more concerned about who was right or wrong about a prediction than what I'm actually saying and that the fight was won by a rear naked choke, but there was about cumulatively about 35 seconds of jujitsu in this fight. That's all so, you need. <laughs> That's all you oh, need. If you, if you put, that, thir- if you put that 35 seconds of jujitsu to work the proper way, it ends a fight as it did. <laughs> Obviously, there are many things that led up. Obviously, there are many things that led up to him being choked out. Obviously, yeah, dude, he shot in for a takedown because he got rocked repeatedly. Exactly. Correct. 
I'm not so arguing. That, I'm not arguing with you about any of that. <laughs> right. So <laughs> if the greatest jujitsu practitioner got rocked repeatedly and then shot in for a double leg takedown, the result would almost certainly be the same. I don't know, but I feel like you're having separate arguments with me because I'm defending, uh, I mean, not only defending Conor McGregor's jujitsu, I'm just saying <laughs> that your shitting on it is. I don't listen. Here's, that's not the thing. I'm not, I'm not shitting. Shit on outside of a single stuff on YouTube clip. I'm not, and listen, I'm not shitting. I'm not other people. I'm not shitting on his jujitsu. He probably has good jujitsu. I'm sure he does have good jujitsu. But there's good jujitsu and there's great jujitsu. He doesn't have great jujitsu. Maybe he has good jujitsu. But it's not it's not that I'm shitting on him, it's that I'm telling you how good Nate Diaz is. Yeah, but you're also telling me how much you know about something you couldn't know unless you were Training at SBG Ireland. Dude, if he was, if he had fucking insane jujitsu, people would be talking about it. It doesn't happen without that. It would be brought up, it would be brought up constantly. If he had amazing fucking jujitsu, Nate Diaz level jujitsu, it would be talked about. It's not talked about. He's really only had to use jujitsu it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. When BJ Penn came into the fucking UFC, he ran across that ring and beat the fucking shit out of Carl, uh, Carl not Carl Parisian, uh, I can't think of his goddamn name, uh, pounded the fucking shit out of him. But nobody was talking about his, his boxing when he came into that ring. They were talking about the fact that he got a fucking black belt in three years because his jujitsu was off the fucking charts. Okay, Nate Diaz has off the fucking charts jujitsu. Conor McGregor does not, or they would be talking about. How do you know? They, the fucking they, is the thing that's really pissing me off because he's from another fucking country. How are you? Oh, it's it's too bad we're not connected some way in some fucking magical, mystical fashion. How we could understand the communication that came from a fucking other continent. Wow. Holy moly. The first round was a it was a good round. I enjoyed the fight. Alright. Alright, so <laughs> regardless of this stupid argument, let's just talk about the fight then, right? Let's talk about the card, shall we? Shoot. Alright. Well I have had limited time to do almost anything over the course of this weekend. So uh I got to watch Three of the main card fights at a Hooters after I spent 16 hours refing a Naga event. So as soon as I got done there and we rolled up the mats and packed up the truck, I beelined it over to Hooters with one of the other refs, Cam. So shout out to Cam, who was my supposed to be roommate that night, but his car broke down as we, <laughs> as we headed back to the, uh, the hotel. And he had his car towed to Infinity, and there was a hotel closer to the Infinity dealer, so he ended up staying there. So I ended up having my room to myself. But he was one of the other refs, Cam, who hopefully should be on his way home by now, but his car was shit the bed. The Naga was great. The Naga was really good. There was a lot of a lot of competitors, and, and uh, there was a lot of good jiu-jitsu going on. I got to... Run into a few notable folks. Um, I saw, uh, ran into Tandon McCrory there, who we were hoping to catch up with today and do an interview, but we couldn't get our technical stuff figured out here. But hopefully next week, I'm going to say next week, we should be able to, to do a nice podcast with him. He's a, he seems like a real cool dude and he's, he's interested in, in talking with us. So. That's good stuff. Uh, I, I also am in contact, uh, with a few people. Uh, I just, I just got in t- contact with Art Davies, who is the guy that started the UFC. And, uh, I'm hoping to try and get him on the podcast sometime soon as well. Um, also, I ran into, I ran into Chris Manley, who's the, uh, brother of John Manley. I don't know if you remember John Manley was on, uh, Tough Season 
I don't even remember. It was like maybe six seasons ago. Six or six. It was probably like, uh, I don't know, two, three years ago that he was on. He was on Tough. Um, so I ran into his brother, Chris. They're twins. So they look, they're identical twins. They look exactly alike. So I walked up to him and I said, are you Chris or John? He said, I'm Chris. You can only tell them apart because Chris has, uh, had longer kind of bushy hair and John had a kind of a buzz cut, but he had a hat on, so I couldn't tell. But it was a fun event. I got a lot of good, good ring time and got a lot, got a lot of good experience, uh, refing and, uh, ran into a lot of, a lot of cool folks. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the refs there are really good guys. They're all, they're all high level jujitsu guys at Naga. All the refs are, most of them are brown and black belts. So it's uh, it's cool to be able to talk jujitsu with guys that are all super knowledgeable. So when I got done with all that, then I beelined it over to the fights, and I caught the Corey Anderson, um, Tom Lawler. Uh, oh yeah, filthy Tom Lawler. So I caught that was the first fight that I caught. As I got there, it was in between fights, and they were like just you know hyping whatever. They were hyping one of the fights and just doing the commercial and. It was in between. I didn't know who, what the fight was coming up. And when I sat down, that was the first one I got was, so I caught all three of those fights. And then as I've gotten home, I got to, I watched the entire undercard. I think, uh, uh, yeah, all of it. I've, I've watched both prelims, both fight past prelims and the other prelims I've watched and, but I haven't seen the first, I don't know if it's one or two fights of the main card. I didn't watch the, uh, Amanda Nunez fight or I think there was one other one before the Tom Lawler Corey Anderson fight I thought that the I thought that Tom Lawler fight was before Alir Latifi oh yeah 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 I saw four so I saw four fights you're right yeah yeah you're right I did I saw the Alir Latifi fight yeah that's right <laughs> he surprised yeah. me he surprised me uh I my th- I'm pretty sure my pick was Jean Jean Volante in the UFC fantasy so I think uh I felt confident when I saw him running around with uh, with Chris Weidman. It gave me Jean oh. Volante confidence. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought this was pretty one-sided. Volante got hurt, but the, the Latifi couldn't quite finish him, uh, so that went wound up going to a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think a guy, a guy as big and scary as Latifi, uh, I don't know if that says more about Volante or Latifi possibly gassing or couldn't put it on. Little, but. I think a little of both. I think, I think Volante has good defenses and I think he was able to protect himself enough. And I think also that, that, uh, Latifi is probably a little bit gas. That's a lot of, that's a lot of meat to feed, you know? That's a lot of gasoline to put in the tractor. Sure. Copywritten, Nick David, 2016. Gasoline in the tractor. That's right. Tractors have bigger gas tanks? Bigger wheels. Definitely bigger wheels. I guess it depends on what you're driving. Are you driving a monster truck? If you're driving a monster truck, maybe not as big wheels. (laughs) Let's get an argument about monster trucks and tractors now. <laughs> what do you think is better at driving monster trucks? Uh, bigger or Bigfoot? Bigfoot Silva, not a monster truck. Yeah. So is it next? I think is the Gonzaga fight next month? I think it's next month, April. So we'll get him on here before that fight. Um, oh, in the Ruslan uh, Maga, Ruslan. Croatia. Yeah, yeah. We look it up, and I'll, I'll tell you here when that fight is. But anyway, uh, but the, what are you, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, let's talk about this. What are your thoughts after that fight? Where do you think McGregor should go, and where do you think he does go after that fight? Well, I think he's he's said that he's going back to featherweight to defend the belt, and I'm not sure against who. I think I think that Aldo probably sells more because there's actual animosity, and especially after Aldo's. Twitter comments immediately after the the defeat right. and, and what McGregor said in his statement afterwards, calling them 
Don Aldo, who did go on the record saying that he'll he wants his next fight to be for the championship, the only exception is Conor McGregor at any weight, anywhere, at any time. But guess who said no thanks to 196? Jose Aldo. That's what I've heard. So from Conor McGregor. I don't. Did Dana White say that? Yeah. Okay. The fight was offered. The fight was declined. So, uh, did you say that in the embedded? Was it in the? I, I remember him talking about who the, who it was offered to and who they were considering, but I don't remember hearing him say that. Um, I don't think it was in an embedded, but okay. um, a press conference or something or. It's Jose. Well, I mean, if you go to MMAfighting.com, there's an article about it, about uh, why Jose turned it down, but it, it certainly was offered to him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll have to go read that. Well, I think, I, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's going to, I think the next fight is going to be Aldo. Uh, pro, maybe at 200. I mean, that would be. Uh, might be a little. Aldo bit says that he wants that, but it, it, it's. It, if he, if he, he, that's the last thing he says in the article is that I, I want that fight at two hundred. So, I, I think that the and we're skipping around a little bit. We're we're not mentioning the fact that Misha Tate de- uh, defeated Holly Holm, also what? by rear naked choke. And became the new women's or the new bantamweight champion of the women's division, uh, which also shakes things up for UFC 200. And um, and Dana White did say at the press conference that Ronda wasn't coming back until October or November, but that doesn't mean that he won't ask her. So, right? Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> so, but I think that and there was a whole well, big. There's a whole big press conference on Friday called UFC Unstoppable, uh, which you can watch on on YouTube, and it has all the people who are on the main events from here, uh, except for Frank Mir and Mark Hunt, who are probably already in Australia. But essentially, from the next pay-per-view, Jones-Cormier 2, up until UFC 199, which is being co-headlined by uh, the middleweight title, and the bantamweight title, uh, oh. the trilogy fight: Uriah Faber versus Dom Cruz. Cray and, cray in the nay nay. And then in, in, and that that second, hmm. yeah, that's that's that was just announced on Friday, and it's official. Weidman, Rockhold two in the 194 rematch, and there is some fire behind Chris Weidman. He is. He is angry now. He is not. He is not happy with how he perceives uh, Luke Rockhold's cocky attitude since winning the belt. Uh, so that, that that's that'll be great. I think UFC 199 will be uh, very good. I think that there's not. 198 isn't announced completely yet, but we, I think that it will be. In Brazil, but oh yeah, no wait, it is. It's uh, Fabricio Verdum against uh, Cleveland Zone, uh, uh, Miocic against. Oh, Stipe Miocic against Verdum for the title, huh? Heavyweight title at 198 in Brazil at a soccer stadium. And that'll also have uh, Vitor Belfort, Dan Henderson. Uh, oh, no, no. Belfort, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Dan <Jacare>. Henderson. <laughs> Henderson, they, they is, already did that. The they did is Dan that. Henderson come from all of a sudden? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I'm... I'm, uh, I'm I, I, I flashed back because their last fight was so short. Yeah. I knew that they had a, a just rematch, but it's Belfort, Jacare on mm. the undercard for that one. That's they weren't a, at that's the press a, conference. That's a pretty interesting fight. Because that was going to originally just headline a fight night down there. But once the heavyweight, that they really want, they have to have UFC 200 be in Las Vegas at that time. So that's why 
what was originally supposed to be Dos Anjos McGregor 197 became 196 McGregor Vince Diaz. So um, a lot of things are being shaken up, and, and that's why the, the events of 196 have a huge effect on what will happen with 200 because it's it's pretty – there was a path of where things were going, and it's not going that way because McGregor and Holm both lost. Um, I'm not sure if Ronda would have come back to face Holm in the rematch, but it's pretty much off the table now. Uh, Dana White. I think that makes it more likely that Rousey will come back for 200 because I feel like she have would have a lot more confidence rematching Misha Tate than she would rematching Holly Holm. Uh, I think that she'd have. I think she'd be much more likely to come back for that fight than the home fight early. Yeah, I mean that that's a good possibility and I'm sure that as soon as Dana White finds out he'll announce it because or he'll announce it the day the tickets go on sale but it will probably be in a big way you're not going to see something on UFC.com he's going to go on SportsCenter he might go on Good Morning America there might be an even bigger thing they were originally supposed to announce McGregor Dos Anjos during the halftime of the NFC Championship game oh, on yeah. Fox that's right so the UFC is huge now. I mean, I have there's two. I've got a, two Sports Illustrateds with Ronda and Connor on the cover. It's they broke all sorts of pay-per-view records for this past card, and it's just continuing. More eyes are going to be onto it, even after McGregor lost. It's and I said before, if he loses, his his star is not going to be. Tarnish. Right. The, um, right. I don't, I don't think he's lost any fans over that. In fact, I think, I think he's game son. I, I, I've read some stuff online today where people were, uh, were uh, more impressed with his post fight interviews and, and those caused them to be fans of his. <laughs> so he's getting them from all angles. <laughs> you know, he's getting them from people that like the brash guy. They're, he's getting them from people that are real fight fans that like watching him do his dirt. And he's getting from people that appreciate somebody with a little bit of humility and uh and a realistic positive attitude, you know. Yeah, know. yes I do. <laughs> yeah. Now, we, always, now we both know. He's always humble in in victory and defeat. Even after Aldo uh, and after Mendez, he went over, shook hands yeah. and and, and speaks very eloquently on the subject and i thought the way that he carried himself in the he did multiple post-fight interviews from walking from the locker room i saw that one with uh with the what's her name i forget megan olivia oh okay I don't know. Well, there's many of them. (laughs) the girl in the white dress yeah the girl in white dress that's who i was talking about megan that's her name okay yeah, no, no, no. I thought you were talking about the Megan Olivier oh, okay. uh, interview. Yeah, I thought um, her name started with a C or something. Could be. I actually did not. Um, I saw that interview on Facebook, but I didn't watch all of that one. Oh, yeah. I watched all that one. He said her name right off the bat, so he knows her name, and it was. I don't remember what it was. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who isn't here? Conor McGregor right. knows makes, his name. That makes another human being that we don't know personally that you knows her name. You brought it up. <laughs> you brought up that she had a name, but yeah. you didn't know it. Yeah. And it starts with a C, though, I'm pretty sure. Now that's what we're talking about. I feel confident that it's a C. Oh, yeah? Great. Yeah. Well, like thanks to the reporter whose name starts with a C. Maybe. Maybe starts with a C. <laughs> Not positive starts with a C, kind of sure. How would you know it starts with a C? Just because people are talking about how it starts with a C? That would be, that'd, that'd be one way to find out, wouldn't it? Be one way to know. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I completely, I mean, I did dodge your question when you said what's next for because I wanted to bring up the fact that everything is shaken up for UFC 200. Yeah. And they're going to, I mean, what happens between now and then could affect it. Quick turnarounds in, in some fights. I'm sure that that might give 
some fighters a little bit of an incentive to try to get performance bonuses by bouncing back fast. Yeah. Ending a fight soon so they can be ready for 200. Paige Van Sant says she wants to come back for 200. Uh, so is, is there a high-level strawweight match you can get? You can't do a U, uh, women's strawweight championship because that's all wrapped up in Gedalia Yinjacek for the tough finale right. the day before 200, which right. I am extremely excited about. Um, they do not like each other, and Joanna was in top form at the press conference. And apparently there was also a brawl after tough raft filming where there were no cameras around. But, oh, uh, no. Yes, this was said on the MMA Hour earlier oh. today. And, and a head kick was involved. Oh. In the brawl. So, who, who, uh, were the, who were the, the offending parties? Yinjinchik and Godelia. Oh. It went down, so. All right. Yeah. Uh, very excited. I think that starts April 10th, the, the next season of Tough. It's women's strawweights and men's light heavyweights. So. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Light heavyweights getting getting yelled at by uh, Polish. By sassy. Yeah, by she's sassy the Polish. <laughs> She is. She, the is she is very sassy. She's a sassy uh, gal. <laughs> I've never heard her refer to as sassy. Sassy. She just seems pretty cool and uh, knows how to get in your head and creep you out, yeah. especially at stare downs, high quality stuff. Yeah, she um, does look pretty uh, tough. Yeah. So my, that's what my. I, I don't know. It, it seems weird. It, it seems like it's. I don't. I don't know. It, it, for the main event of UFC 200, to be an Aldo McGregor rematch would be good, but I, I don't know. if I think they're still working hard on trying to get St. Pierre, but I feel like that's even less likely, although he was hanging out octagon side. Yeah, he was there. He he I watched his interview. He did an interview afterwards, but he said that the only reason he was there was – because originally it was supposed to be against RDA, so he wanted to possibly see history be made, and he had made plans with friends who were coming in for it, and they didn't want to change them 11 days out. So Right, so, right. But, uh, who knows? Like that's the, that's the big question mark. So those are the three question marks. I bet if, uh, I bet if McGregor won... That fight, that it it would be a, a more likely, a more likely event with him and uh, and George St. Pierre. With McGregor and George St. Pierre. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. I perhaps. think that would have been a would have been a more likely, uh, more likely thing. But I don't think that. I don't uh, think it's ever been on the table or talked about. I'm just saying. I think people have probably speculated oh, yeah. as much, but but Dana White said what I said, and a lot of people thought that if he beat Diaz, he would have said, "Ah, oh, it's it was mighty comfortable up here in welterweight." What do you say, Robbie Lawler, two hundred? Oh, maybe. And Dana said that at the press conference. <laughs> he thought it's it's a moot point now, right. perhaps. McGregor will venture back to welterweight someday, but as for for now, I believe he will defend the featherweight title. Uh, I think if he ever gonna... wanted to go to welterweight, he'd have to take some time off and really bulk up. <laughs> yeah, well, you would also yeah have to get your your body get used to moving around that kind of weight. Right. You'd have to bulk up and then and then and then train that way for a year or something, so you know he knows how to use his body that way now. For sure. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So, but the, so those are the big questions about UFC 200: is McGregor featherweight title defense, but against who? Aldo or Frankie Edgar? I think yeah, everybody I, wants I think, Frankie Edgar. Yeah, I think it's going to be Aldo. I think Aldo. I don't know how you can deny. I, I, I get it, Frankie Edgar, and I feel bad for Edgar because I feel like he's gotten snubbed several times, but. And I don't, and I don't think he doesn't deserve it. I think he does deserve a title shot, a hundred percent. Having said that, I think Aldo, how can you, 
almost everybody has been given a immediate rematch. Almost everybody. And and people that are have been way less dominant than Jose Aldo. So I don't know how you can take a guy that hasn't lost a fight in ten years and then tell him, nah, we're just gonna this other guy's been working really hard and he's been busting his ass and, and he's put in a good effort and he showed that he wants to do it, so we're gonna give it to that guy. Uh, I don't know how you, I don't know how you can deny Aldo. I don't know how you can deny it. Uh, uh, I mean, he pulls out he pulls out a lot is one is one reason. This is a big event. Yeah, well, okay. All right. That's a that's a that's legitimate. Yeah. Okay. He, he he said no to this one when he went on the record as pounding his chest saying anytime anywhere except for March 5th, 2016. <laughs> um yeah. So those, those are the big and then will Ronda Rousey come back? Will George St. Pierre come back? Those are the two really big question marks. How about those? How about those three fucking monster fights all on 200? How about Rousey? How about Rousey Tate? Three. Uh, McGregor, Aldo two, and George St. Pierre. I don't know who. For the belt? Right, right, I mean, right away for the belt? Have, right. Would it just be a immediately? Title or would it just be a super fight? That's, what, that's what I'm saying. Will it be immediate? Because I don't think I think that's the only two things he's coming back for. He's going to come back for a title fight or a super fight. So will it be Robbie Lawler? Mm, I think it would be less likely to be that and more likely to be some kind of a super fight. Maybe, maybe Anderson Silva. That's the one that everybody's always wanted to see. Yeah, you know that's the one that everybody's always talked about. That's the biggest super fight that any, anyone's ever talked about. So, yeah. uh, you know, maybe that's, and maybe that's the main event. That's the main event. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I don't know. The main event. I don't know. That's... Just lost the unanimous decision yeah. to Michael Bisping. Yeah. But, and a guy hasn't fought in two years. Maybe you'll have some people yeah. that leave the arena before it's over. But look, I, I think, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I I think that also Silva has said that he would like to fight in Brazil. So I think that it's maybe more likely that he is on that 198 undercard, the Verdum Stipe oh. soccer stadium one, mm, okay. just because um, I believe, I don't know for sure, but I think that Silva has never fought in his hometown in Brazil. He's fought in Brazil, but never. Oh, this one's in his hometown. I think it's if it's not it's near Curitiba. Yeah, well, this, I don't think this is in Curitiba, but I think it might be closer than. Uh, in any case, it would be a a giant audience in Brazil, so perhaps right. the biggest cra- Brazilian crowd he has ever performed in front of, and right, right nearing the end of his career this this that might be it might be more appealing to him to fight in front of his countrymen one last time than to do a payday fight against George St. Pierre that's just right. my uh, could you imagine that could you imagine those three fights <laughs> those are the oh three. yeah i mean here's the thing about 200 and i think even more than 100 i think that 200 so much as as is going to be is being built up around 200 that I think every fight is going to be fucking like a serious fight. I mean, obviously there has to be undercard stuff, but I think even the undercard undercard stuff is going to be like, fuck. Right. But I'm saying because there's been so many fights made since then, uh, I mean, I guess one thing that they could one big question, a question mark that I didn't think of up until now is what, what next for Rafael Dos Anjos? Mm. I mean, is he, is he going to wait and fight the winner of Tony Ferguson Khabib? That's number one and two really on the contenders. I know Cerrone is technically 
perhaps in there too. But um, I don't know. He's kicking his fucking. He's kicking himself so hard right now. <laughs> he's. He, I can tell you that dude is so bummed out right now because. Oh, Cerrone? No, Dos Anjos. After yeah. after missing that fight, man, that was you know he's probably gonna make two million bucks on that fucking fight. You know. Yeah. He was gonna make that was gonna set him up for a long, long time. That's gonna be more than anything he's than he's made in his whole life before that's before this time. You know? Yeah. And and who knows? It may never come again. That's but. what I'm saying. It, the likelihood of that happening, you know, it's gonna happen. There's gonna have to be so much is gonna have to transpire in order to get to that point again. So many uh, things are gonna have to transpire. How I see it playing out is if if McGregor defends the featherweight title next. And Dos Anjos, and I, I, I still believe that after his next title defense, he'll attempt to jump up to lightweight again and, and do what he wanted to do this time and make history because that, he's still the champ. So all he has to do is win his next fight. And he says that he, he's not saying that he wants to just do Dos Anjos at 200. He knows that it's going to be a featherweight title defense next. So I think that possibly you have 198 undercard lightweight championship. It'll be in Brazil. Maybe mm-hmm. Dos Anjos against May- maybe Nate Diaz. Yeah, but you, <laughs> I know uh, crazy yeah. things have happened, but Weird that, things that, have happened. I mean, that, that gives <laughs> that, that puts the spotlight put such a big spotlight on Nate Diaz. I mean, that's the biggest right. spotlight he's ever had on him. Where did, how did, what do you do from there? Well, the UFC is going to want to exploit it and they're going to want to extrapolate from it. They're going to want to, uh, exponentiate it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, they're, they're going to do whatever they can to, they're not just going to, they're not just going to, they're not just giving Nate Diaz that big giant, you know, fight and that big giant win and then just, now they're going to relegate him back to Michael Johnson? No. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely not. But, uh, I mean, they took – they've had problems, the UFC, with dealing with Diaz in the fe- in the in the past. He's not always the most eager participant. Right. That's why he was dropped from the rankings. Right now he's only ranked 10th in the lightweight division. I know this was a big win for him, but he's still 3-3 three and three in his last six fights, and his – uh, his last win was very impressive at lightweight. Impressive yeah. enough to, to get a title shot. Uh, I, I, I would no, say not that, not that. But they have to take into effect the. I agree with you. Not not based on that. It wasn't. It was an impressive. It was an impressive fight for sure. But I agree with you. Not one worthy of warranting a title defense. However, the hype brought on from fighting McGregor might be enough to do that. Because it's not, it's not always the best fighter that gets the, that gets to, to go after the title. Sometimes it's the one that makes the most noise and has the most attention and can put the most butts in seats and put the most eyeballs on screens. Right. So. If, well, if that's, if, if they work fast while there's still hype around Nate Diaz, it might be that. So I'm just saying that's a good possibility. It's something that could happen. Don't be yeah, su- don't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Don't be surprised. No, I'm not saying no. with any kind of certainty, but I'm saying don't be surprised. That's a it's a pretty legit thing that could happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, it, I think it would be a lot of fun to have that uh, be a part of UFC 200. I don't know if that would yeah. go to Brazil, but you, you get uh, Stockton invading Vegas one more time. Right. I don't know if a broken foot's going to be healed up by then. I mean, broken feet take a can take a while depending upon what's broken in there. Uh, between uh, now and July? Uh, oh, it's in July. Two hundred isn't. Yeah, yeah, two hundred is not July. Yeah. <laughs> March, April, May, June, July. Five months. Oh, okay. huh. no, he April, should be able. April, May, June, July. So four. So it's four months away. Actually, Dos Anjos was on the MMA Hour today. I, I forget what the exact. Um, uh, timetable he set up was 
but I think he said he'll be back training in the middle of May. So, all right, one month fight camp. Right? I mean, a yeah. little bit more could time to get in shape. Uh, that could be good. That, so that's a that's a good possibility in our fantasy booking of, of two hundred. I think that <laughs> one is way more realistic than um, Ronda Rousey against Misha. Maybe. Ronda Rousey going back early or George St. Pierre. I, I still think he'll, I, I don't, that one I, I think is more likely than Ronda Rousey. It's the St. Pierre thing. Is there, there's something to it. Why yeah. is he? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like they, they, they want to get it done. And right before he's, he's, he's seeing what's happening to, to, uh, Silva. <laughs> Age is catching up with him. Yeah. So, uh, he's probably not going to come back as the monster beast he was when he left. Right. Could be. I don't know. I don't know him as a human being. I don't know what his, I don't know enough about him to make any kind of decision. He could come back better than he left. Um, probably not, but <laughs> could happen. Yeah. Right. And that'd be that'd be fucking crazy. <laughs> he came in and just started just dominating like nobody you've ever seen in <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, well, who knows? I mean, he's been training the whole time. He still trains with top level athletes. Yeah, five star. So, yeah, he could come back better than he left. Who knows? That'd be crazy. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Well. That's, what do you uh, what do you think is more likely? What do you think is more likely? Do you think because uh, it's going to be one of these two? Do you think Misha Tate is going to see Holly Holm or Ronda Rousey? Um, I, I what do you think is more likely? Ronda Rousey is Misha Tate's next opponent. Okay. I believe that Dana I think it has Dana. to be. I think it has to be. I think that's the only way that fight. Listen, if I go, if I, if we go back to my fucking conspiracy shit, the only, that's the only way to make that trilogy interesting is the exact way that it happened. Because that fight, the way it sat as a trilogy, nobody gave a shit. I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't care to see that fight again. Now that she beat home, home beat her. Boy, I I'm much more interested in that fight. I feel like Misha Tate comes into this fight with incredible, incredible confidence. She beat the person that beat the woman that had beaten her twice. I think she comes in with supreme confidence, and I think that I think it's I think it would be I think it's going to be a better fight because of how it's shaken out. I think it's going to be a more competitive fight because of it. I think after you, when you watch someone dominate so dominatingly for so long and you have suffered the brunt of that on two separate occasions I think your confidence level can go in the turlet <laughs> so uh, of course yeah so I, I, I think that you know going back to Mike but I don't think there's any conspiracy to it uh, <laughs> probably not probably not but it's it's just when I when I think about uh, you know it's probably not but when I think about how you would set it up what could what exactly would you have to do all right someone else would beat her and then Misha Tate would beat that person and then now that makes that fight interesting now that fight that we were trying to sell here I'm putting the my hand at chest level is now here I'm putting my hand over my head. So uh the interest level for that fight has now quadrupled. That's all I'm saying. And they know it. <laughs> the UFC knows it. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying if yeah. there were if there were a completely uh, uh if there were a complete conspiracy like that, that is the exact fucking way to do it. There, that's you're maximizing every single penny. Yeah, it's probably all nonsense, but I like nonsense. You're just gonna fight for four hard rounds and then get choked unconscious and be punching <laughs> ghosts. And yeah. 
that was pretty interesting at the at the end when she was punching ghosts. Um, we were all we're, there, was, there, there was people talking to each other that people didn't know at the table next to them. They were just like everybody in that Hooters was on their fucking feet. We we're all going, "Oh my god!" And then we were talking. About, we're all talking about how she's, you know, she just went on autopilot like when it, when you cut a chicken's head off and it runs around the yard. Still, you know, her all her all her. Muscle memory was just coming, coming through, and she started punching at things as she was yeah. losing consciousness. Yeah, those nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Matt Kona, you have yourself a wonderful night, my friend. Okay, sounds good. Uh, um, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for or, listening. Stay please. tuned for the next part. Yes, please go to iTunes and put in a review for us, and we'll send you a book. Go do it right yeah. now. Go do it right now. The first person that gets one up, we're going to send you a book. Do it now. Love you all. Bye. All right. I read it, by the way. Enjoyed it. Oh. We'll give you a review sometime. There it is. Always, he always has it at hand. It's so funny. Whenever I mention that book, Matt Conan, no matter where he is, just pulls it out. <laughs> yeah, until someone leaves a review and I won't have it to pull out anymore. That's right. Then he's going to send it to you. Go make a review right now. We're going to send you the book. Do it. All right. Okay. All right, Matt Kona, have a good night. I'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Emma Maniacs, over and out. That's the end. No, read it. The Emma Maniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.